Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the biggest event in comic book and movie media of the year. It's Michael and Benjamin's Fandom. And I, my name is Michael. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's Fandom. And I am joined by the only man in the DC Mandome. It's Ben. Hello, Ben. How are you now? How are you now? I'm here in the dome, Michael. It's a lovely dome. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit claustrophobic, but it's a nice dome. I don't know why you've built this for me, Michael. Benjamin, but, yeah. I'll tell you what, I watched a bit of the fandom and it was Did shite. <laughs> I'd say it was. It was a lot of shite. I'd say it was. It was just Zoom meetings. I've had enough of Zoom meetings, man. I don't want any more of them. Our, our lives, Michael. Yes. For both of us are oh. bloody consumed with bloody remote meetings. I'm ha- I've had enough of it. Consumed, Ben. Consumed, Ben. <laughs> I see what you did there, because, yeah, very good. Very good. Michael. Yes. Michael. Do you know what else I've been doing? Go on. I've been bloody practicing, and the acoustics in this dome are bloody great. Listen. Theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Very good. I was wondering where you were going, and once again, you've surprised me. Very good. Very, uh, you should join an improv troupe, Ben. Benjamin. <laughs> yes, and. Speaking yeah, of uh, speaking of comedy, Benjamin, <laughs> I think one of my favorite things that was released over the weekend was this, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a kind of fan parody of a Zack Snyder trailer for the Justice League. No. Amazing. Yeah, so they took a lot of clips from... The like the original Zack Snyder cut that were in trailers and stuff and were released as sneak peeks but didn't make it into the Joss Whedon and then they just Cut. put it together with Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen which is Zack Snyder's favourite favorite song of all time and then they I, just released that, that as a trailer <laughs> and I thought I that was quite that clever exact... I thought that was quite clever <laughs> I have that exact joke written have you written the same oh no <laughs> oh that's very disappointing oh no I'm a norm I've come up with the same joke as a norm. <laughs> oh, you normy fuck. Okay, you do, um, your, you do your version. Just pretend I haven't said anything and you do it and we'll let the listeners decide whose was funnier. So, uh, Michael, yeah, I, <clears throat> one of the big things to come out of DC Fandom is that Zack Schneider is the most hardcore Leonard Cohen fan of all, all right, time. Okay, yeah, that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. Cool. And he only listens to the one song and repeats. He does, doesn't he? That's, <laughs> that's bloody hilarious by Leonard Cohen. He just loves that song, Ben. For anyone who's not a hundred clear, hundred percent clear on that particular joke, ladies and gentlemen, go watch Watchmen. Do it's good. You'll, uh, you'll see what we mean. You'll yeah. see what we mean. <laughs> There's a sexy uh, scene, yeah. Ben. Michael, I didn't. I wasn't all that uh, taken with the the Schneider cut reveal teaser thingy. I just well, Benjamin. Oh, in my in my pretend mockery of it, there, I've I've set out my stall basically that what the the trailer is is footage that wasn't in the Joss Whedon version. Which I don't know means anything special. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 not a real trailer. It's a mission statement for this. Isn't your Joss Whedon's Justice League? This isn't your mama's Joss Whedon's Justice League. Exactly, it's not your mama's or your mm. papa's. Benjamin is going to come out in four one-hour segments. Yes, I, I also no, not interested. Ah, you um, watch it, Ben. You like a Batman. You like a Wonder Woman. I, I do like a Batman, but I have yet to see the original Justice League film. You're, I haven't watched it. You're growing your hair long, like Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa's. Yeah. So you'll watch it. You'll watch it, and you'll enjoy it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Uh, I probably won't though. Michael. Yes, Benjamin. Michael. Yes. It's very self-congratulatory, despite being in the the warm-ups before the marathon. Mm, I suppose mm. they, it, oh, it's just hallelujah, man. Oh, hallelujah! Oh goodness, I enjoyed the 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 little fu at the end where they include the Bruce Wayne. Go, he hasn't faced all of us together, and I feel like that's Zack Schneider saying, "Me and the fans, me and the fans, all of us together." Yeah, not just Sweden or the producers. I, I, and people are so excited, Michael. One of the things that fascinated me, people are so excited about Zack Schneider's Steppenwolf design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just a big bloody grey man. He's still just Same a big grey man. Although he's less just a big grey, weird looking Kieran Hines and now more of a flat out monster. Yeah, okay. He's a big old beastie boy. Or as you would say, monstrant. But also, Ben, it has it has dark side in it and he's going to lose. And it has uh, it has Batman. Was, 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 is dark side not in the original? No. Oh, well, that's very exciting. Yeah, Ben. Hence why they put him at the very start of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch the original, Ben, just for sake of comparison. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Benjamin. 
One of the most interesting things about Wonder Woman 1984 was that there was a great mystery about whether or not they were going to go full cheetah with Kristen Wiig's character, the cheetah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was like, oh, are they going to do it? Or is she just going to be a lady in a leopard print scarf like they would have done in the 90s? And Benjamin, go on. they've solved the most compelling mystery of the film before the go film's on. out. Yeah, the dickheads. There she is, look. She's a big old cheetah. She's a big old cheetah. She's oh, a, there's my dog having a bark. Hang a, on just one second. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, just go keep on. going. People go have on. heard dogs barking. Bark. They won't be upset. Okay. Benjamin, she's a big old nudie cheetah. Yep, and she's, she's a big to, naked cheetah lady. She's coming to get you. She's coming to get you. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the furries will be happy. They will, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if anybody else will... will. Well, I mean, it does kind of take a bit of the bite out of it. She'd like a big cheetah reveal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, reveal. that could have been the moment of the film where you go, oh, they've done it, she's gone full cheetah, but no, it's not happening. We've seen her, we've seen her entire arc, Ben. She's a nerdy, jealous lady. <laughs> She makes yeah, a wish. and she bloody transforms. Yeah, she makes a wish to be more powerful, and then she fights Wonder Woman and presumably loses. Then she fights Wonder Woman again and presumably loses, and she keeps wishing to be more and more powerful until she, in the end, becomes a big old monster. And that's it. That's all you've got for him. He's gone. He's gone to look at his dog. He doesn't care about me or my, my opinions about Wonder Woman. Doesn't give a <laughs> no, shit. Those are all excellent doesn't points, a, Michael. Doesn't give a single shit about my opinions about Wonder Woman. Anyway, it looks good. I'll go see it. Benjamin! Yeah. Uh, I thought that the trailer, it was not really a trailer, but the reveal for Suicide Squad was quite good. Oh, Michael, boy, oh boy, am I a, am I a pleased as peach plum boy. I'm very excited about this, Michael. Uh, very interesting, Michael. It's a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah, Ben, you don't need to watch that previous one. It's a soft reboot, Michael. They've kept actors and characters from the year. Rick Flagg is coming back. Rick Flagg's Joel back, Kinnaman ben. is coming your, back. Your favorite character, Rick Flagg, is coming back. So what? that's good. That's great news. That's great uh, news. Michael. Yeah, that's great news. Great news. Viola Davis, the the bloody human equivalent of some cardboard that has a bit of sass attached to it, oh. uh, is back as Amanda Waller. That's that's going to be fun. Ben, there's so many of them. Oh, Michael, look, I've got the list here, Michael. I'm going to go through the list. Oh, I thought we Let's weren't. Go through them but together. Right. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. We're not going into who the characters are. Right. We're just going to look at who's starring as who. Okay. We're just going to do a who's who, Michael. Right. Okay. So Joe Kinnaman is back. Bloody um, Margot Robbie is back. Yeah. She's back as it, as it happens. And Idris Elba, who we thought was replacing Will Smith, isn't at all. He's playing a brand new character. He's going to be Bloodsport. Yes, Michael. Ben, we never did think that. Every time it comes up, you say that. And I point out that we never did think that. <laughs> so, Michael, you'll recall that I said that he probably wasn't replacing. Uh, oh, hang on. Jesus. Bloody hell! Right, um, so he's got he's got to look at the dog again. He doesn't care about Suicide Squad anymore. Uh, Jai Courtney's in it. He's good. He's got a boomerang. He's Captain Boomerang. That's probably going to be good. He was one of the best things in the first one. Um, Michael Rooker's in it. He plays play some sort of vampire. I can't remember what his character's name is. David Dashmalchian. He's throwing polka dots at people, left, right, and center. All sorts of colored polka dots. He's just flinging them at them. Um, there's some. There's an orange lady. She looks like she's orange and she's got purple clothes on. Oh, okay, that's it's be Mon- fascinating. It, it, it's Mongol. It's <laughs> okay. The the characters that we have, Michael, are Savant, who Michael Rooker is playing. I've already covered him. Yeah, was Javelin played by Fula Borg? Yeah, that's just uh, uh, Boomerang, but with javelins. Yeah, with javelins. Uh, <clears throat> we have Polka Dot Man, as you just said, hurling colors around. Yeah, left, right, and center. We've got Ratcatcher Two. They draw a lot of emphasis to the two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so that's probably important as i said bloodsport already mongol is going to be there that's the orange skin lady uh, mongol uh, then then we have one that i'm quite excited about michael and had no idea was happening we have peter capaldi as the thinker yeah yeah he's good that's gonna be interesting that's gonna be interesting uh alice braga is there braga sorry is there as soul soria who i'm not sure no no, who no that is never, at all. never heard of her ben you and I, you and I's favorite breakout SNL comedian, Michael, bloody Pete Davidson is there as Blackguards, which is just bizarre. Nathan Fillion's been shoehorned in there somewhere as TDK. Joy Courtney is back. Oh, I've Boo. covered him already. He's back, Ben. Boo. He's back. You can't throw him away. He's, he can just he'll come back. He's like a boomerang. But then the internet's favorite bloody invisible man, Michael, John Cena. Dan, 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 is there. 
yeah, yeah. There's also a king shark. Now, Michael, I'm going to throw it out here now. Stake my claim on the podcast. King Shark is voiced by Taika Waititi. They don't actually say it in the trailer, but his name is there in the credits at the end. And everybody knows, Michael, if you want a hilarious big character in CGI, you get Taika Waititi. He's just going to do Korg? Korg is a shark? Korg is a shark. And I'm all for it, Michael. Okay, I'll watch that. I'm all for it. I'll watch that. Can't get enough of it. I'll watch that. Um, Yeah, we'll probably delve into that a little bit more in future episodes, Michael. And, and flesh it out. Uh, we we'll also have got, to. We've also got the behind the scenes trailer for Suicide Squad, Michael. And I don't know how many times a cast can say it's like nothing you've ever seen before. You're not going to know what to expect. But boy, oh boy, did they go for the record in that behind the scenes it's trailer. Like, ben, it's like Ooh. nothing we've ever seen before, allegedly. <laughs> oh, oh, you won't know what to expect, Michael. Well, I probably apparently. won't. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Benjamin. Jesus, it was intense. Yeah. Speaking, on the other hand, though, of things which are exactly what you'd expect. Did you see the yeah. trailer for The Batman? The Batman. Oh, Michael. In 2006, Jared Way's The Black Parade premiered uh, with My Chemical Romance. And I got serious PTSD from watching the Batman trailer. Oh, my goodness, Michael. There are several fully grown emo people that are just rubbing their hands with glee. Right, Juan, I don't know why. I don't follow you there. Uh, you're going to have to but elaborate on that. Emo Batman. It's the most emo Batman you've ever seen, Michael. I, uh, b- before we continue, Michael, I'm very excited about this film. Yes. I think it looks very good. Yes. However, the aesthetic here is like Tim Burton and My Chemical Romance had a baby and they birthed it out and you had a skinny kind of emaciated, non-threatening Batman. Because I'll be honest. Yes. That first reveal of the suit didn't fill me with dread. If I was a criminal, Michael, yes. and someone rocked up to me in that suit with that stature, I might have a go. But then he I beat, might go, I, remember when he beat that fella up, Ben? Oh, that was excellent, Michael. Such vi- such viciousness, such oh, violence. He just very violently rage. beat that man up. Yeah, it was aggressive. Yes. It was aggressive. Michael, yes. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be very interesting. It's a very dark Gotham. It, it's very, I thought it was very Christopher Nolan, to be honest with you. It, it is a touch too, Christopher it's Nolan. It's very Christopher but I Nolan. Think it's, I think it's Christopher Nolan with a touch more personality, Michael. Oh. I like the idea of a Paul Dano Riddler as, as a serial killer kind of guy. Rocking around, taping people up with some questions. Taping people's I'm heads up with duct tape. Taping people's heads up. There's a, there's a lot of inspirations going on in that initial trailer, Michael. I think it's undeniably Tim Burton inspired in it to a degree. And undeniably Christopher Nolan inspired. Mm. Christopher Burton. Said, there's a lot of Christopher Burton mm. rocking, the, rocking the director's chair for this one. Tim Nolan. Yeah, there's a... I'm, I'm not sure who's playing Alfred, but there's a kind of a cockney thing. Andy there's Circus. A, I think... Oh, it's Andy Circus. Get the fuck in. No way. No way. I'm all for it. Oh, oh mate, I was in the I was in the MI five, mate. I'll kill a man with his arm. I'm I'm looking forward to it, Michael. It seems to be heavily inspired by your least favourite DC writer, Jeff Johns. Yeah, get rid of him. Get him put him uh, in the bin. It seems to be inspired by his alternate reality Earth One line of comic books. Mm. There's a lot of that going on. It's a darker Gotham, it's a grittier yeah. Gotham. Robert Pattinson looks good. Robert Pattinson uh, looks fine, yeah. Although when he takes off the mask at the end and he's wearing a bit of makeup and he's a bit pale, he does look a bit bloody jokery, doesn't he? Yeah, well, there's a touch of that going on, Michael. Maybe there's going to be some twists and turns. Twists and maybe, turns, Ben. Twists and turns. There's... Benjamin, I, uh, the bloody Catwoman is in a homemade costume. Yeah, all for it, Michael. All for it. You're, mm-hmm. you're all right with Zoe that. Zoe Kravitz. Oh, stop it now, Benjamin. Catwoman. This is, uh, I'll take it whatever way it comes. Stop it, she, they already have my tickets. Don't oh, stop it, Benjamin. It's you're bought. Also, you're also a big fan of Colin the Farrowler, the Riddler, the Farrowler. He's not the Riddler. <laughs> he's the Penguin. Sorry, he's the Penguin. <laughs> he's the Penguin. He's, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. weird little Penguin fella. <laughs> is he going to be an Irish Penguin? I hope he is. I hope he is. Hope yeah. Ah, here, listen answer. to me now. I'll get you the umbrella. Oh, way back when I was only a little chiseler, I went to the Dublin Zoo and I saw the penguins and I said, yeah, that's a bit of me, that. I'll put you up in the air with my umbrella and I'll shoot you with poison. Uh, I, do you think he's going to be channeling his inner Conor McGregor again? I hope, around I hope not. That was amusing in, in, in The Gentleman, but that's the last I want to see of that. <laughs> that's the last Benjamin. I want to see that. Go on. What was the other thing? Benjamin, did you see the reveal of the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League game? Michael, the the four minutes or so of banter between the Suicide Squad is already better than 2016's The Suicide, the Suicide Squad. It was very reminiscent of the Harley Quinn cartoon. Very enjoyable, Michael. Big fan. All yeah. for it. My favourite um, moment, Ben, was at the end when Captain Boomerang threw the boomerang at, at, at uh, Superman. <laughs> Superman barely noticed and he said, oh, you shouldn't have done that, Shark. Brilliant. <laughs> it's Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. 
Shark what was, I'm excited to see. Was King Shark Go Dave on. Batista? It sounded like Yeah, Dave I Batista. think it is. It yeah. sounds just like it. And he's playing a character that he's played before. <laughs> he's just, just Drax. Drax again, yeah. Um, it will be interesting if that comes out and you have Dave Batista as King Shark and simultaneously in the movies you have Taika Waititi as King Shark. One of the things that I'm kind of fascinated by here, Michael, is that the Harley Quinn cartoon yes. seems to be having a very strong influence on a lot of DC properties. Is that because right? the King the King Shark design that we see in the Suicide Squad movie is very, very close to the the character voiced by Ron Funches in the Harley Quinn cartoon. He's a big They're chubby fun exactly time guy. Same. Yeah, he's a big chubby fun time guy. And yeah. I'd say he's gonna get a whiff of blood in the movie. And Hulk out, kind of. I'd say there's a Hulk mode, kind of King Shark mm, vibe mm, 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 going. Mm. I'm all for it. I'm all for it, Michael. But as I said, the banter between the four kind of old school Suicide Squad lineup, your Harley Quinn, yeah, yeah. your bloody Deadshot, he never your misses. bloody Captain Boomerang. And then, ah, oh, Michael, when they all slag the shit out of him for saying they never miss, it's like when Shane, Jim and myself sit there and go, oh, I, I could beat him up. And we all do it to you. It's, it's our bit for you. You know, oh. we all sit around a... Uh, poker table and just make fun of you when you try and say I could take him I probably could though you know yeah you probably could though yeah because yeah, you say yeah. it all the time like and yeah. Deadshot doesn't miss Deadshot doesn't miss so I, know, I mean that. we both have a point really yeah in a lot of ways <laughs> I am the Deadshot of, of our group of friends <laughs> also is, the is coolest so? yes I'm also the coolest Ben well, you, you, the really sad thing is you probably are the coolest yeah yeah. yeah yeah I am the coolest yeah it's true <laughs> I'm definitely the coolest Ben be quiet well, for a minute what are we talking yeah. about? Benjamin, the, the one last thing that happened. Oh, Black Adam. But, yeah. I mean, it's the most nothing reveal of all time. It's Here's some concept art narrated by The Rock. Yeah, concept art animatic. Also, wasn't impressed with The Rock's narration. He really found that in. I'm, I'm the Black Adam. I don't really know this character, but he looks cool. So we're changing it to be The Rock, basically. Yeah, it looks like... It gave me strong Scorpion King vibes. Yeah, of course it did, Ben. He's the villain... With an ancient Egyptian tie-in who becomes all-powerful and magical. He's doing the Scorpion King again. He's haunted by the Scorpion King. He wakes up at night in a sweaty, plasticky CG dream and goes, Oh, sweaty, plasticky CG dream. Yeah, because you remember he was the Scorpion King, Ben. He was all sweaty and plasticky. He was gross. So obviously that haunts him to this very day. So he's taking another crack at it. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. That film's never getting made. Black Adam. Yeah, it's not happening. No, they're just going to release a straight to Blu-ray animatic of concept art that moves a little bit. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. Benjamin, though, I tell you Go what, on. that's enough of the fan dome, I feel. Yeah, we've had enough of being inside this dome. Because Benjamin, Boo. I didn't think it was great. It was just Zoom meetings for a whole day. Um, I didn't watch any of it, Michael, because I don't. I, I, as you know, Michael, I don't muss with cons. Not my thing. Don't like them. Benjamin, we go to cons every year. We go to three a year. No, no, you make me go to cons. And you get year. all sweaty and plasticky and think you're the Scorpion King. <laughs> I don't actually. That's not actually true, Michael. I think I perform with a, a good go, degree of professionalism. You go around, you go around the, the con going, chap, 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 and the Scorpion <laughs> King, chap, 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 chap. And we're like, and everyone's so just far, I've been. <laughs> stand back from him a little bit. He gets very pinchy. That's what happens. Anyway, uh, yes, moving yes, yes. on from there. Yes. Yeah, look, I, I think people got way more hyped than they needed to be. I had to pour through a couple of trailers this morning. I had to watch a couple of reaction videos because I didn't watch any of the panels. So I decided and it seemed like a lot of mock shock and all. This is all stuff we knew with a bit more polish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no, uh, I mean, there was nothing big and exciting. For me, the most exciting thing was the, the Justice, not Justice League, the Suicide Squad stuff because... It was a bit new and exciting, but yeah, it was just trailers. They just released, they released four trailers, Ben. They managed to drag a day-long event out of releasing four trailers. Yeah, and to be honest, Michael, they didn't give away a whole lot. I mean, yeah, as I said, I'm excited for the Batman. Yeah, yeah That yeah. looks fun. I'm enjoying a completely alternate take. I'm hoping it's not just Christopher Nolan. I'm hoping it's... It looks a bit a Christopher bit Nolan, more. and it has Christopher Nolan's mate, Robert Pattinson, in it. And it does, mates. best mates. Yeah, yeah Bezo mates. Yeah, so, you know, um, it might just be Christopher Nolan's Batman again. Oh, Michael, do you know what I found out? What did you find out? It's pronounced Tenet. It said it in the trailer. Tenet? Tenet. It's not 10A at all. My whole I joke. I 10A. Your whole joke about my, it being next to 10B, My joke of the year. Your best ever joke. What a shame. My joke of the year. 
Benjamin. Ruined. Speaking, though, of things that have come out, did you watch the HBO television program Lovecraft Country? Yeah, bloody did. I bet you, you yeah, did, Benjamin. Did. I tell uh, you what, Benjamin, we, we won't go straight into spoilers. We'll, we'll ease into the spoilers a little bit. But yeah, we will. My favourite first episode of a thing in a long time. So, so... I'm not going to curse, Michael. You I'm just already did. You might as well so, commit to so, it now. So floody good. It was so good, Benjamin. It so was good. so good. Benjamin. Oh, mm, very good. Chef's kiss. Very delicious. So, Ben, it's set in the... When is it set? 50s, Michael. It's set in the 50s. 50s. It's set in the 50s. It's pre-civil rights movement. And it's it's really the main story is a man who goes back to his hometown because his dad's gone missing. And it turns out his dad was a bit of a weird character. Bit of a dick. So he goes back to his hometown and he assembles a motley crew of his kindly uncle and his sexy childhood friend. And they're going to go find his dad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that's 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 the premise, Michael. But there's there's a twist. They're two twists. They're bloody ben. black. They're two in Jim Crow America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 big problem that they have is racism. Yeah, it's a big old big old problem. So they have to go and try and to try and find his dad. But you know, there's racism. There's a lot of racism, yeah. Michael. Okay. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, though, Ben. No good. The 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 only word you could use to describe this is lavish. Oh, Michael, the budget. Oh, the budget. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty, Ben. It's really incredible. Um, HBO has no money left. Where is it, where are they getting all this money from? Where, where this is, is why they this is why they cut all the comic book stuff from DC yeah. Comics. They put all We're the not making any fucking... more comics. We're only making the television show Lovecraft Country. Is everyone all right with that? All 600 of you, get the hell out of here. Um, Michael, even the opening scene, the the ridiculous sci-fi. This isn't a spoiler. Now, well, yeah, it is a spoiler, but it's the opening escape. scene. So let's talk about that first. What an Michael. opening scene, Ben. Michael. Yes. What was going on? Ben, you see, Ben, I'll explain to you. He was in a war, right? Yes. So he the has Korean bit, War. He's in the Korean War. He has a bit of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a classic. Yeah. And he dreams about trenches and bombings and stuff. But Ben, yes. he's also a nerd. Super nerd. Because his dad, who's a bit of a weirdo, instilled in him a, a love of science fiction and fantasy and monsters and horror. And well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there, Michael. Go on. I'll stop you there. It's oh. his uncle George oh, his uncle who George. love fantasy and horror. Not his his father was against such swill. Yeah, his dad was against books. Yeah, not No, not books. Just against anything. That wasn't learned or oh, yeah. progressed yeah. black ideals. Yeah, I know people. Sorry, Michael. There's a wasp, uh, and I hate wasps. So you're gonna see me freak out here. There's a wasp. Just don't touch uh, it, Ben. Just leave it alone. I, It'll leave you yeah. alone. But it's behind me. It's fine. It has no. It's gonna get me. It's not gonna get you. It's not some sort of Lovecraftian monstrosity. Benjamin, oh. <laughs> you see what I did there? Benjamin, it's very good. It's a very good exploration of gross, horrible racism, and it's very uncomfortable to watch. And very, everyone's very mean and horrible. Oh boy, Michael! A couple of scenes there. You, I got, I got the hand sweats. So I was just like, "Oh, I don't like this." Yeah, get out of there! Oh, very attractive is, people. They're all very attractive. Bloody, oh, so attractive, Michael! <laughs> Everyone in it's so, very attractive, Ben. And they tried to play it down every once in a while. Like, uh, oh, Tick used to be a nerd, except that now he's a shredded six foot four. Yeah, look Adonis at him. of a man. <laughs> look at him. Put your shirt back on. You're embarrassing me. He's out there in a fire hydrant just being yeah. like, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, what is going on? Everybody's very attractive. Anyway, oh, Benjamin. So interesting. Benjamin, let's get into briefly, get, let's let's give a little spoiler break there. Okay, good. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. here's your spoiler break. Here's you ready? Spoiler break. Little spoiler break for Lovecraft Country. Here comes the spoilers now. I, I'd say go and watch it because it's very good. Oh, it's so but good. Benjamin, I thought that the message of the pilot episode... Was that the real monsters are us. But Benjamin, it turns out that the real monsters are monsters. Yeah, no, monsters are no good. Yeah, no, monsters, <laughs> arguably even worse than racism, you could argue. So, uh, you could argue, Michael, except the monsters don't seem to pick on black people as much as they do pick on... Well, the monsters will just get anyone. They'll just, they'll, <laughs> yeah, they'll that seems anyone. to be the vibe. Um, that seems to be the vibe. Very shocking, Ben, for the sudden to be suddenly to be shoggoths just coming out of the woodwork. So good, Michael. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. One of the one of the big differences here, Michael. Ben, from the go on. The too many eyes. Too many. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, no good. I didn't want that no many good. eyes. 
Also, I love the way they're trying to make kind of a Lovecraftian monster universe. Like, they're vampires, technically. Right, right, right. You know, in a very loose kind of loosey-goosey experimental way. It was bloody good, Michael. Very good special effects, Michael. Very good. Excellent, Ben. Too many eyes, I would still argue, but other than that, excellent. (laughs) Share of transformation (laughs) Your dog doesn't like how many eyes there were. No, not a fan of eyes. No, my she's dog. like, that's too many eyes on those things. Get rid of them. That's what she's saying. Get rid of them. That's nasty. Don't want to see it. Don't want to see it in my HBO programming. Michael, excellent work between the book and the movie. Just wonderful updating of the book a little bit. Um, pushing elements of the story that would be much more interesting in a visual medium. For example, Michael, yes, go on. that entire Shoggoth scene yeah. where they're stopped by the old... Where, oh, well, first of all, where they're run out of the Sundown County yeah, by, the by one racists. sheriff yeah. into the arms of another racist sheriff in the next county. Those are two separate stories in the book, but they've combined them together beautifully in this. Okay. And yes. we never get to see the Shoggoth in the book. Oh, really? It's just described as, uh, it's definitely a wild animal, even though it's doing damage and moving at a speed that no wild animal that we know of can do. But this is much better, Michael. I was expecting a, a shadowy, monstery thing. Nope. No, just nope. too many eyes. Big old cannibalistic, not cannibalistic, big old predatory, multi-eyed monstrosities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder who's behind it, Ben. It's probably those white oh, people. Probably those white folks yeah, you over know the, in the big house in on the, the hill. House. Yeah, I don't trust them and their shiny car. don't trust car. those guys. Um, Michael, then, I, I don't think I've enjoyed something as much as the what's to come in future episodes of Lovecraft Country. Their little montage, Michael, had me very excited. Yes, Benjamin, it is excellent. I thought it might have been on last night, but it wasn't, I don't think so. I was a bit <sighs> disappointed. <laughs> I don't usually look forward week upon week to a show, Ben. I like I don't really care when they come out. But I'm yeah. actually anticipating the next episode of this. I, that's the most bizarre thing, Michael. When, when, first of all, I was sitting there minding my own business during the week, Michael. When I got a text from both yourself and Shane saying, "Oh, Cap Country is very bloody good," and very I went, good. "Oh no, they've seen the whole series already." And then I went to download the whole series, Michael. Legally, and, there was legally yes. through through pay, payable channels, HBO Max on a VPN, HBO Max on a VPN, exactly. And then Michael, I was like, "But where's the whole season? I can only find episode one," and I had to actually check because the novelty, Michael. Of having an episodic weekly series again. Very strange. It's hilarious. Very strange. Uh, what do I do? There's a lot of Watchmen DNA in it, isn't there, Ben? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cinematography, Michael, the pacing, mm. the dialogue, mm. Mm. all very, very... Oh, the diner scene is excellent where they piece it all together. Yeah, very unpleasant. Uh, um, racism, mm. no good. No good. Get out of there, America. What's wrong with you, America? Why have you got What's so much racism? What's wrong with you, America? Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, fold out. The the blonde gentleman that we saw there is Caleb Braithwaite. He's to be the supervillain of the series. Oh, I thought as much. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting, Michael. Oh, tenterhooks, Michael. On tenterhooks. Atticus Freeman is played very well. Bloody Jussie Smollett. Um, Journey Smollett. Name right. Thank you. Uh, bloody great yeah. as Letitia. Very interesting character. George, what a pleasant man. What a lovely um, uncle. I think the other thing that they've done really well from the book is that they've the one thing the book could be accused of is is a little bit of Mary Suing. And I know Mary Suing is a loose term that we can't really apply to things. It's hard to understand. But in my understanding, it's where we maybe make a character a little bit too good. okay, a little bit too strong, a little bit too unrealistic through what they can do in the original book. Hippolyta. Uh, who is the wife of George? We yeah. see the the bedroom scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, she is always doing out drives for the the safe Negro travel guide. She's always doing that, and that's not really a realistic thing for a black woman on her own to do in the United States during Jim Crow times. Certainly in so this version of it, anyway. Yeah, so there's a really interesting... They kind of take that away from her in this. And then the other thing that a couple of forums lost their mind about, because of course they did, Michael, is that George's uh, child is a daughter in this, not a son. Oh, Ben, I don't care. Nobody cares, Michael. No, I Who certainly don't. Who could possibly care? What difference does it make? It doesn't. There's no particular characteristic in the book that would distinguish the pair. Mm. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. No, I don't care, Ben. It doesn't make any sense. How many eyes do forums, the things have? They don't, you see. I never get to see them in the book. Oh, good. I saw them in the in the show. There's too many eyes. I, I think they're definitely going to lean a lot more into the horror element here, Michael, because it's a visual medium. Mm. You'd kind of have to. There's only mm. so many shadowy corners you can have without, you know, disappointing your audience. Yeah, but without Michael, essentially having a 1990s TV show. 
So bloody good. So very good, Ben. Your favourite character, of course, Ben, was Deja Taurus. Yeah. Oh, bloody Korean Deja Taurus. Give me mm. some of that. Very interesting. Tell us who mm. Deja Taurus is, Ben. Michael. Yes. Michael, if you've ever gone back, back yep. in time, Michael, to, to a 2012. before comic books. Yes. Right? I find it hard 1912. To Ireland is still under the yoke of Britain. Oh, yeah. Right? It was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, bloody uh, all kinds of civil war memories raging through America. Well, cast your mind back, Michael. Okay. And you'll meet John Carter, who's an ex-Confederate. And he, he bloody chases down some Apaches in the wild, wild west, Michael. Yes. And then he gets stuck in a bloody cave. But he yeah. touches a magic rock and it sends him to Mars. He doesn't touch a magic rock, Ben. He smokes a bloody thing with a vision quest with an Apache chief. <laughs> and he gets bloody astral projected to Mars. Yes. Uh, and there he meets the Martians, Michael. Dejah Thoris, mm. who is referenced in the opening scene of Lovecraft Country, yeah. is the princess of Mars. Do they fall in love, Ben? I hope they do. Oh, they do, Michael. They get oh, it good. Does, and does he rescue her a lot? Because she's useless. He does, yeah. Because yeah, she's yeah, yeah. absolutely useless. Yes, yes. That makes sense, Ben. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, Michael, yes. that brings us to this week's bloody topic. Oh, I very asked good, you smooth. and the listeners, how about we talk about bloody pulp stories, Michael? Mm. Uh, the bloody progenitors of the old uh, superhero comics that we love so dearly. Yes. Um, and it was mainly because I was watching Lovecraft Country and went, God, they love pulp stuff. Maybe we should do some stuff on pulp stuff. Very good. What a link. What a link. What a what a link. So let's start with John Carter there, Michael. As you right. said, uh, 1912. 1912 is when this came out, Michael. Well, let's do a little history of pulp first, Michael. Okay. Just to give readers an idea. For anyone that doesn't know, yeah. the, the, the number one distinction between comic books and pulp characters, because sometimes the line can blur, yeah. is that most pulp characters are written word. Mm. They don't have panels or no. illustrations. Or they might have one or two illustrations. And then big old blocks of text, yeah. Michael. A written down story. Yeah. So the the... Pulp magazines um, are called so because they were made on cheap kind of recycled pulp paper. Not mm. very refined, Michael. The edges were very rough on them. They didn't last very long. They, they couldn't hold up to much mussing and tussing, Michael. No. And they kind of became hugely popular. Where they exploded was during the Great Depression of oh, the 1920s. Everyone was very depressed. Yeah, because it was entertainment that children could afford. Mm-hmm. And then adults would read them as well. But also, Michael, there were bloody titillating things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had a lot of, um, you had a lot of, a lot I of I made myself laugh with that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the best, uh, that was one of the best titillating laughs. Benjamin, is, yeah. uh, is pulp, pulp heroes and pulp fiction, is that the American equivalent of the British term a penny dreadful? Are they the same thing? Uh, no, this would be the the sequel, I suppose, to The Penny Dreadful. So The Penny okay. Dreadful is a far more Victorian creation. Exact ah, same circumstances, economic hardship leading to uh, cheap media used to con a uh, working class out of a couple of books. Ah. So Penny Dreadful is going to be discussed here as well, Michael, though not, as, uh, not in as much depth. The Penny Dreadfuls were serials brought out in London during the Victorian period, mm. and it was right around the time of the Industrial Revolution in oh, that's the UK. Different. That's different. Um, Everyone was not as depressed, but more Not as depressed, but there was a working class system, and they had a little bit more expendable income. And so a couple of lads went, well, how about we bloody entertain them? Mm. How about we do that mm, and take mm, a few mm, shekels mm. in the process? So that led to things that we've talked about in the podcast before, Michael. Uh, which are things like Varney the Vampire. Um, if you don't know who that is, go back and check out our bloody vampire episode. Yeah, I do. Back to Pulp yeah, Fiction, Ben. Sorry, back to Pulp Fiction. So uh, America then kind of got whiff of that idea about a, a close to a century later and went, oh, let's bloody do that then. Uh, and so they did. During the economic depression, they started to publish all these different stories, Michael, and they were all serialized. Mm. So that means that you waited every week, Michael. Oh, Porn like we're waiting for Lovecraft Country next week. Frosties. Uh, fr- yes, no, not like that, Michael. Not Special that kind of civilization. Although, yes. quite a lot of advertising done in pulp uh, magazine publishings mm. uh, for things like Kellogg's, uh, Cornflakes, and etc. So these Riced kind of then... Krispies. Later on, these would be collected, Michael, into books and sold on then. So a lot of the early pulp heroes were actually serial things uh, designed to titillate and fascinate. Mm, uh, mm. They have the greatest covers of any media of all time, Michael. If you ever fancy a, 
a good old romp through the past. Take a look at some of the covers for pen, er, for Pulp magazines back in the day. Daisha Torres is always things. in the nude. Yeah, she's got two little brass plates over the over the goodies over and the uh, a quick a quick long loincloth <laughs> over the downstairs, and that's about it. Yeah, and in the book, Ben, she's described as being way more even in the nude than on the covers. Yeah, she doesn't wear nothing. Nobody wears wear nothing, nothing on Mars. Book. Everyone's all sexy nude on Mars, or as they Don't call it on to. Mars, Ben, Barsoom. Barsoom, um, which I always uh, enjoy. Barsoom mm-hmm. is just a great name for another planet. Yeah, uh, anywho, Michael, a lot of these pulp heroes yeah. went on to kind of inspire the comics that we love today. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of them, Michael. Yes, yes, and yes. Stan Lee himself credits John Carter as the inspiration for the modern superhero. Mm. John Carter, Ben. Uh, we really should have had noted friend and of and enemy of the podcast Shane on for this episode, but as you know, he's locked down in the plague land, so he can't come and he, see us. He is he's because Benjamin, out. he's a huge John Carter fan. In fact, he has written a statement here which he would like me to read out, and he Go says uh, that he enjoy that 2012's John Carter of Mars is his favorite film. He likes the film John Carter of Mars as much as he hates Ben. That's a lot. Exactly. He loves that film. Yeah, this is his favourite film. That's a signed affidavit from him. John Carter of Mars 2012 Disney movie is quite good. It's but all right, Ben. It'll, it'll do. I watched it'll it. do for a big sci-fi epic. I watched it the other day, Ben. One of the issues you have when adapting your favourite pulp heroes, Ben, to the modern day is... And they've tried. <laughs> and they've tried many a time, Ben. But one of the problems you have with an adaptation of them is that everything in them has influenced science fiction and fantasy to such a degree that they're tropes. So you're yes. watching it and you're going, oh, flying ships on Mars, yeah, whatever. Okay, there's savage alien natives, whatever, and he's teamed up with them against the... Yeah, yeah, I've seen this before. You know, mm-hmm. you're watching the whole thing going, oh, there's a speedy dog, yeah, I've seen him before. Oh, there's a sexy lady and she's a princess who needs help. And yeah, seen that before as well. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, once you've... Once you've read John Carter and Mars, Michael, you will never look at Star Wars the same way again because the entire Jabba the Hutt, uh, the entire Jabba the Hutt arc from Star Wars is ripped straight out of John Carter of Mars, mm-hmm. right down to the scantily clad princess lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin, what they did in the film in 2012 was basically remake the first book, but take away anything which, to use the modern parlance, would be considered problematic. Yeah, they they polished a lot of stuff up there. Yeah, so Deja Thoris is much more capable in 2012. Yeah, yeah, she's remarks. essentially the hero of the thing, and she's like, no, no, yeah. you stand behind me, and look at me. I'm I'm a lead scientist lady who's also a princess. What a coincidence! But it also kicks as well. Butt. Like they they took away the Native American vision quest thing and made it a yeah. piece of Barsoomian technology. Thank and God. <laughs> yeah, 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 and they they. I mean, on on the planet Barsoom, Ben, you have all sorts of different races. You have the white Martians, the red Martians, the black Martians, the yellow Martians, the yellow Martians, the 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 big green fellas, the Willem Dafoe's. You've got all of those fellas types of fellas going on, and they kind of did away with it in this, and just made everyone a bit more well, orange yeah. than yeah. normal. So yeah. John Carter is like a normal human color and everyone else is a bit more orange. So they're the red skinned Martians. But Benjamin, we live in Ireland. They just look like Irish young ones going on a night out. They do. It's it's quite <laughs> That's distracting. Very true. It's quite, I, I, very I true. I, I thought I was in the club, Club M, Ben. I was watching this and oh. going, is this the planet Mars or is it the club, Club M from the 2000s? Club Mars, Michael. Club, club that's M. What the that's M what it stands for. for. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole time. Um, I, I think you've kind of stumbled across, uh, across a very good point there, Michael. A lot of the pulp novels of the the early 1920s through to the 50s, oh, problematic, doesn't even begin to cover the scope of those particular novels, Michael. Well, it really does, doesn't it, Ben? Because it, it's, it reflects the societal shift. Because yeah. even... If 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 John Carter had been made fifteen years previous to when it was made, it would have been a very different film. Yes, it would have. It would have been more akin to nineteen ninety six's bloody The Phantom. The oh, very good, Walt, very good, ben. starring Billy Zane. Billy Zane, he's a he's a he's a good guy. He's trying to help you out. You should listen to him, Benjamin. You listen to your pal Billy Zane. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See what I've done, Ben. 
You could almost say that out of the jungle, the hero that oh, stalks, God. the beast call him brother, the ghost that walks, Phantom. That was excellent. Thank you. It's from if only uh, it wasn't copyrighted. I would demand that be our new theme song. No, it's copyrighted, Ben. It's from 1986's Defenders of the Earth. Yes. So you've seen cartoons with this man in it, but I, my, probably my first ever superhero film, Mario, was probably The Phantom. No, the, the ghost who walks from. I'm going to interrupt you for a second, as I want to do. At yeah. the beginning of this, you said the Phantom's not really a pulp hero. Yeah. So I would like to hear about that, please. So the the Phantom is... out of the jungle, the hero that stalks, the beast call him brother Ben, the ghost that walks Phantom. So the the Phantom came out in 1936. So it was around the same time as a lot of the the big pulp heroes. That was brave. However, ben. that was brave. He's a He's <laughs> because it wasn't he, a well, very uh, progressive he time. Did, he did wear a bright purple uh, skin tight suit and was the first one to do it. That's true. So maybe, maybe Michael in 1936 he was published as a comic, so he's not really in the same sense a pulp hero as perhaps some of the serialized characters that we've been talking about. But he is certainly one of the earliest comic book creations uh, oh. to ever exist, uh, and he came out in. He came out in newspapers. He was a serialized newspaper thing, but wasn't literary like a lot of the other characters that we have on these lists. That so he was actually one of the first comic books, and he's the first one to kind of show off those rippling abdominals mm. and those carved deltoids, mm. those shredded lats, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. will. Yeah, I've heard of muscles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's a bit like a Mick Leonard for his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just I do have clothes a- that are a little bit too tight. Yeah, yeah. I do have a purple jumpsuit, Ben. I'll, I might show you sometime as a little treat. Well, needless to say, that's what Comic-Con will be this year, if it ever comes back. We're ever doing Comic-Con again. Yeah, if Comic-Con ever comes back, Ben, I'm going to have to figure out if I have a COVID gut or not when I put on my... Uh, ah, you my don't, Michael. I might have You're a little trim. I might have a You're little one. Slim. I don't know. I haven't checked, Ben. I haven't put on a purple suit in a while. Well, we'll, just, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a podcast production meeting. Benjamin... We'll figure all that out, Michael. I, I have only seen... 1996 is the Phantom that goes to walks. Is Catherine Zeta-Jones in that? Yeah, she's one of the villain. She's is the she? Mid- she's, she's the villain's gal Friday. What's going on in it, Ben? Why don't you tell us what's going on in it? So there are magical skulls, Michael, in 1996's The Phantom. Yeah. And those magical skulls uh, have untold power. Now, what we didn't know, Michael, is that Steven Spielberg was watching this the whole time. He was saying, oh, I could do this with Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, this was way before that, Michael. And there's uh, an evil industrialist yeah, in there the always United is, States. Yeah. And his name is Drax. And he's perfect, Michael. He has the greasy hair and the little pencil mustache. And ah, oh, if, if I I can buy it. If, if it's around, I can buy it. I can always buy it. Who plays him? Thing. Also Billy Zane? I'm not sure I wish. That'd be great. I'll look him up now in a second. But anyway, he's on this quest for the Crystal Skulls. And this brings the, the Phantom to New York. To find... It's either New York or Chicago. It's one of the two. The big city, Ben. The big city. And this is where the Phantom enters the equation. He kind of enters New York society to try and stop tracks from combining these skulls. Because these skulls have ancient kind of jungle potential, <laughs> if oh, you want to look right. at it that okay. way. That sounds it's a bit loosely, racist, Ben, to be fair. Yeah, it's loosely defined. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a native tribe. Which native tribe? A native tribe. It's, it's a whole thing. And basically, we can't bring those skulls together because it'll be like having an atomic bomb. It's untold power and no man should wield it. Um, And so that's kind of what happens in the film, Michael. And throughout it, Catherine Zeta-Jones is kind of your classic overly sexualized femme fatale. All all she wants to do is help her man until the Phantom is there with his bloody abs. And she's like, oh, go on. Let's have a bloody tumble in the hay. Let's forget about all this shenanigans. And one of my favorite things ever, Michael, she has a change of heart because he's just such a ride. Because Billy Zane is just such a ride. He's irresistible to women. Towards the end of the film, she's just like, I'll go on, I'll help you because you're a bleeding ride. And um, there's all that kind of thing. There's the wholesome American doll who helps the Phantom out. It turns out it's Kit, who is the, the Phantom's alter ego. It's his childhood love. That's a whole thing. That's Christy Swanson. That's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's Burphy the Vampire. Burphy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer it is. Indeed. You're absolutely right, Michael. 
And yeah, it's a it's an interesting film. It's enjoyable. It's it's terrible in retrospect, but it has very fond childhood memories for me, so I, I shan't have a word said against it. Benjamin, like in the nineteen eighty six children's animated television series Defenders of the Earth, does yeah. does the Phantom have the power to summon the strength of ten tigers? No, superpowers are loosely defined in this, Michael. He's kind of just a, a bit of an athletic lad in a jumpsuit. He does, he does seem to have a pet panther. Yeah, yeah, good. And he seems to be in tune with the old animals. Right. And does, know, he have a, does he have a daughter who has a psychic link with a panther? And then that daughter goes to school in Central City? No. No, okay. That's from Defenders of the Earth, Ben, what I was thinking. Probably, yeah. Ben, have you ever seen Probably. Defenders of the Earth? No, thank Def- God. Defenders of the Earth is great, Ben. I watched a few episodes of Defenders of the Earth. Benjamin, Go on. who's your favourite pulp hero, Benjamin? Is it the Phantom? Uh, I'd say it's probably Conan. Conan, oh at yeah, this okay. Point he's, in not in, he's not in this. He's not in this, Ben. No. But Flash Gordon, you like Flash Gordon, don't you? Oh, Flash Gordon's bloody great, Michael. Flash Gordon, you love him. Mandrake the Magician, Ben, he's a wizard. He's a classic. Yeah, Lothar. Oh, uh, I don't know who that is, actually. Lothar is... There. <laughs> Lothar is... Your classic pulp racist. Oh no, uh, Man Friday character, Lothar Noble Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lothar oh. was the king of the seven tribes of Africa. Oh god! Who abdicated his throne to become uh, Mandrake the magician's manservant. Oh Jesus Christ! And he's the strongest man on earth, Ben. Oh, I don't know if I like that, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Ben, in the cartoon, they reframe him. And this is a, a, a phrase from the toys. They reframe him as a Caribbean ninja. Sorry? He's a Caribbean ninja. Oh, that doesn't sound good, Michael. <laughs> it's not great. But it's not terribly either. racist. He's, the depiction in the cartoon <laughs> isn't terribly racist. It's an awful racist idea, but it's not a terribly racist depiction of the cartoon. So Ben, Mandrake the Magician, Flash Gordon... The Phantom and Lothar team up with their four kids. Oh. Uh, Mandrake Jr., Flash Gordon Jr., Mandrake Assistant Jr., and the other one Jr. And they form the Defenders <laughs> of the Earth, Ben, and they fight against Ming the Merciless from the planet Mongo. Is that Flash Gordon's villain? Is that yeah, Ming yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Ming the Merciless uh, kills Flash Gordon's wife, who I assume is Dale Arden, Ben, but they never actually say her name in the cartoon. And um, he comes to invade Earth with ice robots. And they they form a team and they, they decide to team up. And Ben is from 1986 and it's like the original Avengers. Because there's eight of them and four of them are useless no-names and four of them are superheroes. It's a whole thing. Yeah, and then at the same time, Ben, while all of this is going on, the four kids attend Central High School in Central City. Well, it's interesting that you say that, man, or Michael, because uh, Lee Falk, <laughs> the guy that wrote The Phantom, also wrote Mandrake the Magician. Oh, it's see, one, what a link. One and the same author. Yeah, so look at you. Ben, you know, who the sto- do you know who the story editor for Defenders of the Earth was? No. Guess. Guess who Stan it Lee. It was Stan Lee. <laughs> Good old Stanley Leibovich. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent I love it I love it That was an easy guess yeah, That yeah, was yeah. an easy guess In fairness Yeah I mean As you said Incredibly problematic There's a lot of White savioring going on Michael In these uh, Pulp things Tarzan Is a good example of that Edgar Rice Burroughs The man who also wrote John Carter Another white guy Coming into the savage land Sorting stuff out for them Because he's just A more noble And intelligent creature Uh Benjamin, uh, was um was John Carter really Edward Rice Burroughs' family friend? No, I don't think so. I think it's a framing device, Michael. But I mean, he could have been. Oh, because that's in the movie he, too. He could have been some... Men- no, that's the whole framing device in the book as well. There's no difference. Right. Uh, a nephew inherits his his uncle's estate. His uncle is John Carter. Uh, and he inherits his estate and begins to read his... His diaries. Mm. That's how he learns the history of Barsoom. Mm. It's it's uh, it's an interesting one, Michael. It's confusing, but it's a good device. It's a great way to sell a, a serial. It's a real person. Oh, bloody Mara's actual thing. You can travel to Barsoom. I'd say a lot of kids went missing that summer into caves. Never came back. Never came back, Ben. They, yeah. they, but they just died. Unlike, uh, yeah, they just died. Yeah, yeah, no just astral died. projection vision quests this time. No, Thank no. you. Very few. Uh, yeah, so that was a bit messy. I mean, a lot of these characters have just gone on to... A lot of them have stood the test of time, but some of them haven't. But the ones that have are pretty huge to this day. Michael Conan, as I said already, first published in 1932. Right. 
And Conan is kind of a, a fascinating thing because he's still around and he's just, he's not going anywhere. Robert E. Howard has created this huge universe and Robert E. Howard has kind of become famous as the person who created the first kind of established universe. So he had a couple of different characters. He had Conan. Yeah. He had Cole. Cole, yeah. And then he had... Solomon Kane. Solomon Kane. There it is. Good man. And these were all kind of different timelines in the same land. Mm. But it was like an established universe. And it was pretty interesting. Like Solomon Kane is every single vampire hunter ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then Conan is every barbarian character to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, Solomon Kane. If you watch a modern Van Helsing thing, you're really watching a Solomon Kane thing because Van Helsing is a an old researching doctor in the Dracula book. Yeah, he's a decrepit old man. But the one who looks like a Puritan witch hunter who's lepping about and doing sword fighting. That's this Solomon Kane. That's not that's not Van Helsing, Ben. It's bloody Solomon Kane. It's, it's not Van Helsing, Kane. it's Solomon Kane. Benjamin, did you see the Solomon Kane movie with James Purefoy? I did. Bloody terrible film, Michael. Very jumpy, roundy, hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, that's Shane's second favourite film. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, this? he loves it. Yeah, look, I'll read an affidavit. Um, Go on. Uh, this is a signed affidavit from Shane. Uh, my second favourite film is Solomon Kane. We should have had him on the podcast for this. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's locked down in the Plaguelands. He can't get out. He's he locked down below. It's, uh, yeah, Solomon Kane's an interesting one. The movie wasn't great, Michael, in my opinion. Very messy. The lore was kind of all over the place. Sometimes a prick, sometimes not a prick. It really depends on his mood at the time. A lot of these characters, Benjamin, show up in, in a series beloved to us and the likes of us. Go on. And that is uh, Alan Morris, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, he kind of went through all the Penny Dreadfuls, pulp heroes, and, and kind of stuffed them on in there, Michael. He stuffed, he stuffed them, them all on into in one there. place, Benjamin. The other one yeah. I was thinking of, Ben, and you'll remember this because we talked about it quite recently, was Warren Ellis's 2000 series, Planet Hurry. They're all there, Michael. Every single trope, storyline, arc, notion common theme whatever no, whatever no, you want it's there none of the names though ben he took them as oh, archetypes no. rather than as names are these in public domain ben i ask you this knowing that you might not know but are they all public domain characters now no well conan is has another conan has another 12 years okay within robert e howard's estate uh, John Carter is now firmly in the public domain. Oh, very good. So we could make a John uh, Carter film if we wanted. We we could make a John Carter film if we wanted. Uh, and then after that, uh, John Carter is really one of the earliest kind of guys to do that. A lot of these are still within their uh, copyright phase. Mm. There, There's a, a holy host, Michael, of them. I, I read you out the large list I have here. One of the ones that's probably most prominent in that planetary series that you were talking about is the Doc Savage archetype. Yes. There's a man who looks exactly like Doc Savage, and I can't, he's called Doc Brass. Brass or, yeah, Doc Brass in Warren Ellis' thing. Doc Savage is, in many ways, exactly what the superhero was supposed to be. Go on. So, Doc Savage is the son of a very wealthy doctor who hires experts from all over the world to come and train his son into the perfect human being, and he becomes Doc Savage. Mm. And Doc Savage is the most intellectual, most brawny, most muscular peak of human potential that you could possibly find. He goes around saving the day, Michael. And he was hugely popular in 1933. Then he kind of faded into obscurity. And for some bizarre reason, he was resurrected in popularity in 1960. Right. And in 1960 is where we kind of have the, the weird dome head and the man of bronze angle and that kind of strange otherworldly look to him. That's where all that comes from, is from the 60s. But in the 1930s, Doc Savage was was the peak of human potential. And he was a whole thing. Still in copyright, can't touch him. We can't only make a Doc ones, Savage film, okay. The only ones we could really have here, Michael, yeah. are a John Carter, mm-hmm. a Tarzan, yeah. a Springheel Jack. Who's he now? Springheel Jack is way, way earlier. Springheel Jack is, in many senses, the world's first ever superhero spring right. jack came from the penny dreadful era so in the 1830s there's an urban legend of a rather mysterious figure michael and basically if you were traipsing down an alley in old-timey london yeah 
Oh, oh, bloody cockles and mussels. Oh, oh, have it. Oh, 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 oh no, oh. it's Jack the Ripper. Oh, oh bloody hell. And that'd be, that is a very realistic depiction of what it would sound like on yes, a London yeah, street yeah, back yeah. in the day. <clears throat> well, Michael, you might come across a mysterious figure. Yeah. And that mysterious figure, he might do one of three things, Michael. Yeah. He might bloody swipe at your, 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 your breasts with his iron hand. Oh, he yeah. might bloody spit fire at you out of his mouth. Oh, or, Michael... He might do the thing that he became most famous for. He might lep over you. He might do oh, a big hope old spring above you. I hope it's that one. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, he became known as... Originally, he was called Phantom Jack. Right. And then he became known as Spring Heel Jack because he was always bouncing around the place. Lepping over um, people. And in, in the 1830s, he became a sensation. There were all these kind of false first-person accounts of meeting Spring Heel Jack. Um, he was even... Yeah. Suspected to be an Irishman, the Marquis de, uh, of Waterford, no. who was uh, an Irish-born Those nobleman. Waterford people, Ben, they're notorious lepers. They're always <laughs> lepping up and stuff. Always lepping around. But anyway, um, this legend kind of grew. And in the original tellings, he's an absolute menace. He's something akin to Jack the Ripper. Right. Um, there's no actual deaths at his hands, but people are mauled by this brass claw and his horrible visage that spits flame and things like that. And then in 1863... Yes. Um, one penny dreadful author has the inspired idea to be like, well, I'm just going to make him into a hero. He's going to save damsels in distress with his witty, bloody attitude. Mm. And spring Jack becomes this depiction wearing a Mephisto mask. Um, the Mephisto mask, Michael, is that kind of classic devil expression with the little mustache. And oh, I know it. Yeah. Pointed little goatee. That That's the Mephisto mask. That's what it's called. And he wears one of those and he has his spring heels and he's got the, you know, the Spider-Man wings from the 90s comics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got a set of them. And uh, he goes around defending England and its uh, its dainty lasses from uh, thuggery and... The Irish. The Irish, pro- <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. So, that he's kind of the original, but we could make a movie out of him, Michael. All right, let's do it. Um, we could we could make an anti-Dublin film called Spring Heel Jackine. Yeah, very good. good. Yeah, we'll get Colin Farrell on board. Oh, I'll get the Fowler in, then he can do his best Conor McGregor impression while he's lepping around. Yeah, very good. That'll That'll settle it. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. So that's a big one, Michael. But then, I suppose, just to... Will we wrap it up here, Michael? Or yeah, go like on. Do, do, do one more little thing and then we'll wrap it up. Do one more little thing. One of the other massive things that came out of the pulp here, Michael, are all the storylines we love today. Go on. Um, there was one vigilante here, Michael, in 1939, so a little bit later than some of the ones we've been talking about. But he was the Black Bat, and he was written by a guy called William F. Jenkins. And William F. Jenkins has the distinguished honour of being one of the first people, if not the first, to talk about parallel dimensions. The notion oh, of, of multiverses and things like that. He came up with that in a famous short story called Sideways in Time. Mm. Um, he's also the man that's largely suspected to have predicted the internet accurately. No, not Tim Berners-Lee concerned. No, no. So it's pretty interesting. Like, a lot of those tropes came through. Uh, the lone hero is a big thing that persists today. That came from Conan, Tarzan, all these different things. I mean, it's a big thing. The, the night detective, we wouldn't have Batman without. Do you know what I mean? We had the, the shadow, shadow. The shadow, Ben. The uh, The rocketeer is there. Then, France played a huge role in this, Michael. Okay. Uh, by pioneering a, a huge series, much, much earlier than the American pulp magazines these would have been around 1910 to 1920 and they came up with a holy host of archetypes michael one of the the most impressive ones and one that you'll really enjoy michael is uh nictalope from 1911 and it's basically iron man but it was a a french lad in paris just in go around in a suit that he built himself and kick some ass and he later became a cyborg so you know these things have given us everything that we love today, Michael. Without them, we'd be nothing. <laughs> what a what a note to wrap up on. I know, what a winner. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What do you think are problematic in pulp comics? Get in touch with us. <laughs> is that, what, so is that the tact we're taking, the problematicness? Uh, it's the tact I've taken. Well, uh, I mean, I'll so... tell you, Ben. Here's the problematicness. Go on. Savage tribes, white saviors and useless women. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on, isn't there? I mean, that's the episode name right there, isn't it? Yeah, oh, write that down quick. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Write that down while I do the wrap-up. So, right. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what did we miss? Who are your favourite 
Pulp Magazine Heroes. Get in touch with us. You can do it in a number of different places. If you're on the interwebs, you can find us at showmreview.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. Tiny room in Irish. If you are on the gram, which is still the interwebs, but a different type of interweb, different you can get in touch type. with us at showmreview. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. Same yeah. thing. If... Yeah, you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Do leave yeah. us a review and tell us what you thought. Make it a good one, though, because we're very sensitive. Yeah, I'm not. I'm all right. You can be mean to me. If you or any one of your pals would like to listen to this or you think they might be interested, if you're listening to us on Spotify, first of all, give us an L follow and then oh. share this directly with your pals. To our slowly growing YouTube audience, give us an L like. Yeah, that's subscribe. weird, Ben. It must be something <laughs> to do with the lockdown. I reckon. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's just lockdown sitting in front of your computer. Yeah, Got exactly. To do should be working. Uh, I'm gonna check out YouTube instead. Oh, what's this? Yeah, it's two what's two pricks this? talking about something. Two pricks talking about something. Still would have been a better podcast name than Michael <laughs> and Benjamin's podcast. All right, that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk to you next week. Oh, wait. In case you haven't had enough of us this week, stay tuned for collecting issues this very Wednesday. Yeah. We'll be taking a look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer Volume 8. Season 8, Volume 1. Thank you. Uh, and that's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Bye. Watch out for Mars.